Hey guys, and welcome to uh, Horror Down South. This is Ryan. This is Rodney. And we are going to be um, talking about some things today. We're just kind of give you all a clue as to why we started this podcast and and what we want to do as far as giving you all like the scariest information we can actually find. Um, Rodney has a few things that he has decided to talk about as far as the intro is concerned. Um, we just kind of want to break everything down give y'all the reason why we started with the horror genre and why we kind of wanted to get into that um i'm gonna let him take it away for a little bit and i'll chime back in here in a few minutes all right um we kind of have a format in mind uh, we want to tell you guys about a paranormal location or a really prominent like experience um and also when we're done with that, we want to give you guys a little horror news, you know, just something that you guys might not get anywhere else that you might find interesting. And we also want to, we may not do this every episode, but we want to review like some horror media, board games, music, movies, TV shows, you know, pretty much all that good stuff. Um, so that's, that's pretty much it for the format. Um, with that being said, um, I have decided to kind of go on this adventure with Rodney, um, because we both really enjoyed that genre. Um, anything cryptid, anything horror related, anything paranormal, demons, I mean, we, we really dig the, the information that we can dig up. We really enjoy talking about it amongst ourselves. So we actually thought we would share our thoughts with you guys and um, see if we can get some feedback out of y'all, maybe some paranormal experiences or some, some encounters with even a demon that you have had. Um, we're going to be uploading daily to our Facebook page um, starting with this episode, actually. Uh, we're going to get the link in there. I'm, we're actually working on a website right now. Don't have an ETA on that exactly yet, but um, Rodney, what were some of the reasons you decided to actually follow the horror genre? I mean, well, I mean, growing up in the 90s, you know, especially if your family had HBO at the time, there was Tales from the Crypt, and that was, you know, that was something to look forward to on the weekends. I, you know, I probably shouldn't have been watching it, you know, not saying that my parents were bad <laughs> no. parents or anything, but definitely not. Um, I, I had the opportunity to catch you know tales from the crypt, and at a very young age, I I recall my father showing me his uh, copy of Friday the Thirteenth Part One and Two, and I fell in love with those movies. And later on, it was uh, Night of the Living Dead. I I was six when I saw that movie, and it just it's such a big part of why I enjoy the horror genre and I also I read a lot when I was a kid Stephen King was one of my favorites H.P. Uh, Lovecraft is actually my personal favorite as is mine so, um, and you know as far as the paranormal goes I mean I've had countless experiences I've and I'm, I'm sure Ryan's had experiences. We actually haven't really talked to each other much about that. No, so. absolutely. So, I mean, with that being said, I actually had an experience the other night at 
mine and my fiance's uh, house that we're working on. We were her parents lived right next door, and you know where that's at, right? And you know yeah. exactly where that's located. Um, I mean, it's just a quiet little area that we live in, and we heard a really loud banging sound coming from that area over there where our house is. So I'm in the bedroom in her parents' house in our in our little bedroom that we are occupying at the point at this point in time when her mother comes in there and says, Hey, there's something going on. We think it's in your trailer. We think somebody's in your trailer. So I throw my boots on. I, I run out there with I grab a hammer off the, the porch. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I was gonna bludgeon the guy if he was in there. But I, I, we got over there and there was nobody in there. It was it was really strange as to find out why um, why that noise was happening. And literally, we walked in there. There was nothing going on. Um, hadn't got quite cold at the time. That house was sitting at room temperature, and I was literally walking through there and hit a very very cold spot. Oh wow! It was really really strange. Um, and then as soon as I walked out after that cold spot, you know, I chalked it up to nothing. That cold spot actually ended up being who we think is the old man that used to live there. He actually died in the house. Oh, wow. I did not know that. Yes. So we get outside. We're walking back thinking nothing's going on. And I hear the loudest banging against the side of the house that I think I've probably ever heard in my life. Um apart from all the other paranormal accounts I've, I've witnessed myself, that one right there actually has me thinking about not even moving in there. That one actually really scared me um, because I was literally in there and felt the cold spot. Didn't see any orbs, but a cold spot's enough for me to know there's something there. There's an electric charge in that area, and it was in that area at that point in time. So that's really the most recent and pretty uh gripping actual occurrence that's happened to me uh rodney uh have you experienced anything lately not 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 lately it's it's actually been a while since i've since i've actually had an encounter with the paranormal i used to have them quite frequently actually for a couple of years i lived in a haunted house uh, not not too far from where we are recording this actually (laughs) and i had a multitude of experiences there um I would frequently see a gentleman dressed in like a black suit. Uh, I I used to smoke uh, cigarettes, and I'd I'd go outside and sit in my car and listen to the radio and smoke. And on numerous occasions, I would catch glimpses of this uh, gentleman walking to go in the house. And there's there's a bunch of other experiences, especially with that house, and not related to that house that. Uh, I would like to share and uh, I think what we're going to do in the future is we're going to have an episode where we talk about our personal experiences whether it be ghosts or cryptids or UFO sightings which you know I've I've seen a couple of cryptids I think I've seen uh, Bigfoot and I've seen something that I just cannot explain to this day so in the future, we, we are going to get into that, and uh, that'll give you guys a little more uh, insight into why we do what we do. And I mean, those, those experiences speak bounds to other accounts that people have experienced in this point in time. I mean, everybody's got an experience, and we would love to hear it. 
Oh, absolutely. Please email us or message us on Facebook, you know. I mean, tell you, us your stories. You can literally drop us an email at horrordownsouth at yahoo.com. You can catch the link on Facebook to our Patreon. We are going to be uploading some new content to Patreon. Probably going to be doing like mini episodes. But it's going to it's going to take us a little while to get to that point. We uh <coughs> There's Excuse some me. things that we really want to uh, do for for our audience. Like we want to go check out uh, Trans Allegheny. Like they they offer an overnight experience, and uh, which would be awesome. Oh yeah, it, I think it would be a fantastic experience. And uh, Samantha, my girlfriend, she's never had a paranormal experience, and uh, neither has my sure. fiance. So. Oh, so so yeah, so they're in the same boat. So that would be a good opportunity to you know get them some experience if if we happen to encounter anything and. We would definitely uh, do some videos and whatnot for stuff like that that we do. Um, but I think those and, and those in particular are actually going to be uploaded to Facebook and also our website once it is complete. Um, we're, we're looking at going um, definitely on a road trip within the next few months to check out Bobby Mackey's Music World. We're actually thinking about doing an episode pertaining to that specific location. Oh, absolutely. Because, Rodney, as you know, that place is haunted beyond belief. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. There's countless experiences that patrons to that location have had over the decades. I mean, there was even a man possessed at that place. I actually did not know that. Carl Lawson. Okay. He uh, was the caretaker for the Mackies. And I know this is way off topic. We're not even reaching at this topic for our first episode. But they actually took him in as a caretaker. And he was going to be the caretaker for the Mackies. And he actually had a room of his own. And they actually had to bring in an exorcist because he was possessed by this sinister force. one What one would call a demon. Huh. Um, it's pretty interesting stuff. So, and actually, you mentioning uh, demonic possession and exorcism, it it uh, brought to my mind something that I thought that we should uh, we should let the our listeners know. Um, I I don't believe in the existence of demons or the uh, practice of exorcism and stuff like that. I firmly believe in ghosts and everything, but I, I do not believe in demons. But and uh, I, I believe that Ryan actually has a stark opposing opinion on that. I do. Um, that's one of the things, probably one of the only things when it comes to horror that we don't agree on because I have done my fair share of research on demonology, which is something that we're also going to cover eventually. Um, we're just kind of waiting to get good at this thing. I mean, we, we've we been talking about doing this for over two and a half years, and this is something that we've really, really wanted to share with the world, our, our love for this sort of thing. And I have known of people being possessed. I have seen a person be possessed. It is, it's not something worth seeing. I, I promise you, it's one of the scariest things you will ever see in your life. When someone can pick you up, that literally you know doesn't have the physical strength to do it that would that right there is enough to startle you and and make you wish you'd never seen it 
actually remember you telling me about that yes. story. It, um, I think about it to this day. It, it's one of the, probably one of the more frightening things I've ever witnessed in my entire life. And I would love to be able to share that with not only Rodney, but with you guys. So I guess with that being said, let's get, let's jump into it, man. I mean, yeah, we've we've got some we've got some interesting things to talk about here today. Um, Rodney, tell them what we're talking about. All right. Um. So our first topic that we're going to be covering tonight is um, Sloss Furnace in Birmingham, Alabama. Ooh. Yes. We uh, we live uh, pretty. Uh, pretty close, uh, fairly close to it. Um, they do a haunted attraction there every year, and I've, I've been to it once personally, and I, I wasn't impressed. But I'm I'm kind of hard to impress. <laughs> I don't, I don't hey, know if Ryan's been there. I've I've been there uh, actually quite recently. It has been a, it's been about two or three years, but I have been there. Um, wasn't all that impressed with their haunted attraction. But I am more so in very much more so engaged with the the horror aspect, um, the the paranormal aspect. Something something that intrigues me more than anything is the paranormal. I, I I know I don't know about you guys, but I know Rodney occasionally will watch Ghost Adventures. It's actually one of my favorite shows because yes, at some point I feel like their evidence is not all that credible, but in some cases I feel like they really catch the paranormal on film and that is incredible because that's really hard to do and you know i think you know that that goes for ghost hunters and um, any of the other guys that are on television doing this you know some of their some of their evidence especially like evps and stuff if you if you tell someone what they're saying it kind of you know it it creates like this this impression in your mind and that's what you hear so, with with that being said, I want to kind of dive into the history of the place because Ron and I really can't come to a conclusion Not to if we actually think this place is haunted. I, I I've got some some accounts here that I have jotted down, um, some key talking points, basically, kind of going over some of the accounts that we've uh, researched and. Of course, I'm going to put a link to the research we found. Um, definitely going to do that so you guys can go check it out for yourselves. Um, they've also got some good pictures on Google. You can always search Google for your images if you want to see what could be a possibility of an apparition they've caught on camera. Um, but like Rodney said, I mean, I think I think we need to teach you a little bit about the history of the place before we give you any of the paranormal. So, Rodney, this is... Um, it's your show now. I'm I'm just here. All right. Um. Well, Sloss Furnace was founded by Colonel James Sloss, who also was one of the founders of Birmingham. Prior to founding Sloss Furnace, he participated in the Pratt Coke and Coal Company, which was one of the first manufacturers in the city of Birmingham. Now, if I'm not mistaken, they they actually did. A story on this on Fox. Yes. Um, that was 
I found it very interesting because I'm I graduated with a history degree, so right those things like that really catch my attention. Um, but anyways, he uh, he also helped promote railroad construction in Jones Valley, Alabama. In 1881, he decided to step away from Pratt Coke and Coal and start his own. So he founded the Sloss Furnace Company. It was the first blast furnace in Birmingham, and it was built on land that was donated by the Ellerton Land Company. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. That sounds about right. Um, The first blast was initiated in April of 1882. The facility would go on to win a bronze medal at the Southern Expo held in Kentucky in 1883. In 1886, Colonel Sloss retired and sold the company to a group of investors. In, 19, in 1886, excuse me, it was uh, reorganized as the Sloss Sheffield Steel and Iron Company. In 1909, a gentleman by the name of James Doval became the superintendent of construction. For the better part of 21 years, he also used Sloss as a workshop for his inventions. He is credited with 17 patents. Wow, that's that's a lot of patents. I actually didn't. I actually did not know that. And what I thought was really cool doing the research, I'd always heard that it was a it, it was built before the Civil War, and it was in produ- It produced. Um, Actually, I wasn't sure what it would have produced at that point in time because there were no yeah, furnaces. Yeah, there was so. no furnaces at that time. So, but, um, I'd always heard that it had been <coughs> built before me. the Civil War, but I found out that that was not true. Um, in 1927, uh, Sloss Number Two furnace was rebuilt, and that led to uh, a huge increase in production, which along with Doval's many inventions, Sloss gained a national reputation for innovation. Wow. That's uh, that's some really cool stuff right there. I, th- I, I thought so, too. You know, I'm, I'd always heard about this place because we, you know, we live so close, but you just... You, you never really hear the real thing. <laughs> and the and the cool thing is is not only yes, it is now they they've actually turned it into a haunted attraction, but the the fact that they offer the tours of the place, that's something that we're going to actually have to go do ourselves. Yes, they do offer night tours that are separate from the haunted attraction from my understanding and uh, that that's something that Ryan and I have been talking about today about going checking that out. Um, the Sloss was sold once again to U.S. Pipe and Foundry Company in 19, uh, and then in 1969 it was sold to the Jim Walter Company. The thing sold a lot, man. I know it. It definitely changed hands quite a few times, and the Jim Walter Company, actually, uh, due to acts of Congress uh, changing, you know, the way that we have to protect our environment and everything the the furnace was eventually shut down and Jim Walter company donated it to the Alabama State Fair Authority to use as a uh, location for a museum of industry screw global global warming man <laughs> global warming just just messes everything up it is it is a terrible thing and i couldn't 
imagine the the conditions that I, I read about in this in this furnace. You know, imagine how hot it is in the summer now. Like it would be completely unbearable. And, and back then, they didn't have air conditioners and right. I right. mean, they all they had was, geez, the breeze. Yeah, walking outside for their for their lunches and trying to catch a slight breeze here and there in the shade. I mean. That right there in itself, that's enough to drive a man crazy. Absolutely. A group of conservationists saved the furnace from demolition, and in the late 70s, the city of Birmingham voted to um, set aside $3.3 million in, uh, for restorations to keep the uh, remaining facilities intact. That's insane. It was designated a historical landmark in 1981. Today, it serves as an interpretive museum on the history of industry. Which makes sense because they, they paved the way for, for a lot of big cities back, back in the early 1900s. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, they, I mean, built, they, built, they got the steel to build the bridges. I mean. Yep. Um, it, aside from having a museum, I mean, being used as a museum, the property... Hosts metal arts classes, fun runs, food festivals, weddings, and they do a two-day concert festival every summer now. It's a recent development. They do weddings? Yes, I actually... I, I should have canceled my venue. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, that, that's between you and your fiancé. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it would not fly because where we're getting married is the place that she's always wanted to get married at. So, uh, you know, maybe... Maybe a, a, a renewing of the vows. Hey, yeah. there you go. That's something to look forward something to. Something to look forward to there <laughs> 20 years down the road if it, that place still stands. Well, it's uh, it, it's protected, so it, it's got a good chance of still being there. That, that's great, and that's that's really nice to hear is, you know, places like that a lot of times, they, they just demolish it and forget about it and move on. Yep. But Birmingham actually wanted to save this place. So. The, the cost of progress. <laughs> yes. Um, just kind of saving, you know, some of that natural history they have. Yes, absolutely. In that big city. And as we've mentioned uh, two or three times, it, the a company rents um, some parts of the property out, and they host a haunted attraction called a Sloss Fright Furnace every year. Um, Which has kind of sucked, if I'm, if I'm being honest. If I had paid for it with, you know, if it had been my money, I, I, I would not have been happy. It absolutely it. was I, my money, and it wasn't great. Yeah, so. Um, if you want a good scare, I mean, they do a good scare. You could go out there and check it out. It's it's not cheap, but it's a, ha- it's a haunted attraction that you can check out and maybe even get an opportunity to go do the tour, too. So Hollis Crossroads all the way, though. Oh, man, Hollis Crossroads. Haunted <laughs> Chicken Houses. If you're looking for a really good scare, chicken houses is the way to go. It's man, that place had me going a million different thousand ways, and I thought one door was the door to go to the next room, and ended up being a door to go back right back into the room I was in before with all the creepy <laughs> clowns. So that was not fun. So on my end. So uh, that's that's our opinion on on Sloss Fry Furnace right there. Um, we got some information from uh, Last Gasps Paranormal. Uh, they they claim that approximately 60 deaths are recorded uh, in regards to the property, and they say that a large portion of these deaths are actually attributed to a gentleman 
known as James Slag Wormwood. He was a night shift foreman who was notorious for really, really overworking his employees. Um, he was the foreman until his death when he fell from the, the tallest furnace tower into molten ore. There's some speculation that his employees might have actually had a hand in his death as revenge for the cruel working conditions that he was known for pushing his empo- pushing on his employees. But it turns out that's not true. What? It's, it's all made up. Uh, a lot of what that story is comes from... Uh, Sloss Fright Furnace. They came up with their own little urban legend. Now, there is some of it rooted in fact. There was a gentleman, Richard Jowers, who suffered a very similar fate, but his death occurred at DeBartelaben. I don't even know how to say that. <laughs> DeBartelaben. I can't do it. DeBartelaben? Was that right? You had hey, it right the last time. DeBartelaben. How like, about that? I, I actually had to really work on that one. Um, <laughs> That's a tough one. But when when they tore down uh, DeBartelaben Coal and Iron, the, that legend kind of morphed into this James Wormwood guy, and then Sloss Fright Furnace came along all these years later and made it their own little thing, which I can appreciate that, but I was really... Really hoping this was legit, and I was I was let down. I would yes yes. <laughs> not uh, that, hearing this is letting me down actually. Not that I, you know, advocate employees killing their their supervisors. Yeah, no, but but it's still it, it makes for a, a really much better story if it's true. Now, I did find some deaths that were attributed uh, to Sloss Furnace. Uh, Alec Kim and Bob May, they were killed in November of 1982. Uh, the The incident occurred on a part of the complex that no longer exists, so no one really knows for sure where this, this incident occurred. They just know that it did not occur on the current property. Okay. Um, so that, same, that same week, Samuel Cunningham committed suicide. What? Yes. Um, what what was he doing, and why? Wonder you got to make you wonder hearing that somebody committed suicide at this plant. Why? Why? Just why would they want to commit suicide? What was going on in his life? You know, we don't really we don't really have a lot of information on this, but he could have he could have been drunk, and it could have been an accident. But why would you be on the tallest furnace tower? Drinking. Alice number one, right? Um, Alice number one is what I believe this was attributed to, but I also think that Alice number one was a um, furnace tower at either DeBartelaben or Pratt. Now they may have used those same same designations at Sloss. Okay. This is there's not really a lot of information on this place you know, in terms of all that, uh, so. That's why we chose this topic for the first episode. We could get in, we could we could introduce what we're what we're trying to do for you guys, and then uh, just have a quick topic to talk about. And um, there's a few more deaths. The New York Times reported on the death of deaths of two men five years later. 
Um, the body of Joseph Webb was found in an open water tank. According to the newspaper article, the body had been cooked, and as they were trying to remove it, chunks of flesh were falling oh, off of the body. Oh, imagine seeing that. Yeah, I know. Oh, that's enough to make you just... It's things that make you go, bruh. <laughs> I mean... Um, his friends suspected foul play. There, In November of 1902, there was a rupture in blower room number one, which killed two men burning their bodies to a crisp. And the last death that I can actually find anything concrete about was a worker was said to have taken his lunch too close to a piece of machinery and was pulled into the gears and crushed to death. Oh, my gosh. I mean, I, mean, the, I, I, stubbed, my fang, I stubbed my toe, and I'm like, oh, my God. Like, that hurt. Imagine being pulled into the gears and ground into mush. Absolutely horrible way to go. That is horrifying. Um, well, that's that's what I've got for the history on the place. Uh, Ryan's going to cover. Couldn't really find too many personal paranormal experiences Not that we felt were credible. However, he's got some some gists of uh, what's going on that he's going to share with you guys. I've I've got a few claims here and there. Um, there's about there's really four solid claims I found while doing my research. Uh. But none I can really further explain on that particular four. Um, but as we know, like we was talking about, the legend of Slag is is fictional, which hurt me because I, I was thinking that was going to be like the key point to this whole episode. And when we were doing, we sat down and we looked over everything today before we started recording, it was like, oh man, that just... Now, right back to the drawing board. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but everything that I have found so far was um, got a few accounts from a couple paranormal crews. Like we said, we don't really know how true those accounts are because it is paranormal crews. Um, not a lot of solid evidence to go off there. But one of the claims that really stood out to me, or actually three of them, was in 1926 and injured a watchman was injured from being by being pushed from behind so who pushed him so going back almost a hundred years right off the bat we've got possible um, paranormal activity violent paranormal activity at that exactly and then not I mean 21 years later, in 1947, three, not one, not two, but three supervisors were knocked out by a burned man. Now, I don't know much about um, burning people that burn or having skin grafts or anything of that nature, but a burned man sounds like Samuel Cunningham. Could or, be. If if he fell if he fell into the or I actually I didn't find how his death was okay. but this was this was in the late eighteen hundreds the early nineteen hundreds 
safety regulations were not what they are today. Not at all. It's entirely possible. We're not saying that it happened, but it's entirely possible that people did fall into these furnaces and die. I mentioned uh, Mr. Webb. He his body had been cooked. So oh that. That's the name I was reaching for was Webb. I don't know why I thought Cunningham. I guess because of the suicide. Maybe I thought he might have jumped into Alice number one or possibly one of the other furnaces. Right, right. To commit suicide. That would that would always make me suspect that burned man right, right. theory. But that's just a crazy account that, that I found during, while doing my research I thought was really interesting. Um then we jump forward a little bit ahead, almost into we're we're in the seventies now, nineteen seventies. In nineteen seventy one, Sam Blumenthal actually claimed that he was assaulted by a half man, half demon that had severe burning on his body. Wait, or was it? Oh no, no, no! I'm sorry. Let me let me rephrase that. Um, he was assaulted by a half man, half demon. And, and no, was, actually, and he received the burns. He himself. received the burns himself. That's correct. He actually did receive the burns himself. So that's crazy. What? Like? What? How? That's definitely one of the most interesting yes. experiences. Um, but you've got a couple of other things that you were gonna. Yeah, I've got. A, I've got a few more share with us. I've got. I mean, I've I've heard of several accounts of the of the paranormal where it has actually been reported to the police. It's been so violent. Yeah, I think I read something like the Birmingham Police Department has received over a hundred reports of uh, unexplainable activity that's occurred at Sloss it's, Furnace. It's easily over a hundred. Um, they also the some of those reports actually when they came in, the people were reporting of being pushed. People reported being grabbed and even scratched. Oh, wow. And not just one scratch. It was three, marking of the Trinity. So that that right there, in a nutshell, tells me there's something sinister going on in that place. And it may not be slag or any of this. It could be something from before this place was built, man. Absolutely. I mean, there's really no way to tell until you experience for yourself. That's, I think, why we were going to go do it, just to see if we could conjure something. We we enjoy messing around with it, so we're going to go and provoke, and we're going to go grab, catch EVP, and we're going to go do those things so that while we're on the second floor of the blower building, we can hear the screams because that's also another account that was reported. Um, and, of course, as, like I said, I got some facts possible facts from paranormal crews stating that it's it's almost like they have experienced so much they don't even want to go back yeah i actually did <coughs> several <coughs> statements like that i mean one crew even stated that it was like standing before the gates of hell that's that's pretty uh pretty vivid absolutely uh, absolutely i just i don't i don't know other another way to explain when i say you have to experience it for yourself 
We haven't even done it. That's why we want to do it. Absolutely, absolutely. We've also heard of reports of where people have saw saw orbs orbs of light and even hearing machinery run on its own after the factory has been closed for 30 years. Oh wow. So that that I feel like that's uh, that's a residual energy that's just kind of lingering in that place for that place to be alone be be open and and functional for so long that kind of brings it back to you know working times when those men were running those furnaces absolutely and, and there's this theory we're not going to get in it tonight we don't it, that's a whole episode on its own the stolen tape theory and effectively that that says that like a, a material such as stone or wood um, can record events and it's those events playing over and over again and that are the paranormal experiences people are have having at this place which which is really interesting because and and like you said that's that's the topic for a whole another episode I, if I start talking about it now we're we're going to be sitting here for 2 hours <laughs> because that's that can be that can go to so many different places right now so many different topics can branch off of that just one topic absolutely because it's just that widespread i mean exorcist house i think there was actually a documentary in the united kingdom in the 70s or 80s that was all about this so you know there's there's a lot of information to cover there and we will in the future absolutely um so any any other paranormal experiences that you would like to add to this I mean feel free to shoot us an email write us on Facebook go join go join the group um if you've been to Sloss let us know if you've experienced something we'd love to hear it um if you we, feel like the haunted house has gotten better, let us know. Yeah, we'll go let check us know. it out. <laughs> we'll go check it out. We'll make that part of our rounds. Uh, we've been looking to go to a haunted house anyway, so probably going to be crossroads. But yeah, yeah. But um, I guess. Uh, I guess oh, that. Wow, I actually missed one. Oh. Um, this is this is one of the more interesting ones that I found too. I just happened to look down and <laughs> saw it here. I actually wrote it down because it was so interesting to me. I had to make sure I talked about it. Uh, there's also been experience where experiences where people have been yelled at to get back to work, even though no one is even working anymore. And it hasn't been for years. So why? That's another why there. It must uh, have been some hard-ass foreman just stuck in his loop and and that's what I feel like I feel like there 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 is a residual energy in that place there's also there's also a paranormal uh, there's got to be some paranormal stuff going on there I mean there wouldn't be as many accounts as I looked up if there wasn't but I do want to find out if I can experience it for myself as well as Rodney does right and you know we we know we were a bit scarce on the paranormal experiences part of this, but we couldn't really find anything like any real personal experience from an from an individual that we felt was credible. Like everything we found was was from Sloss Fright Furnace, and when we found out about 
slag not being real that really turned us off that information. Not saying that they that their information is all illegitimate, but it's just I didn't want to come out with some false information. We we want to give y'all the truth and the straight truth, and we want to come at you with literally the creepiest and most terrifying things that we can't even think about to talk about. Things that make us cover our heads up with the covers under in the bed and and have nightmares about. We want y'all to be scared when y'all listen to us because these the what we what we want to talk about we want to grip we want to make it as gripping as possible so you're intrigued throughout the entire episode and i'm one of those people i'm not very easily scared so i understand there are people out there who might not get scared about this that's fine you know just enjoy it for what it is yeah take it in you don't you don't have to be scared to enjoy the paranormal absolutely i've had i've had paranormal experiences myself that were scary and others that were not scary and so it it really all just depends you know some some episodes you guys might find scarier than others and that's fine and we don't want that we don't want you guys to be put off by that absolutely so, uh, we just we we, we want to share this with you guys because we enjoy it and there's tens of thousands maybe even millions of people who enjoy this stuff as well and this is just another avenue for people to get a little bit of information. So, um, so with that being said, s- stepping away from sloss a little bit, um, give you guys a little bit of a horror news segment here. Um, As I plug my computer up, <laughs> just trying to die. Um, Robert England is reprising the role of Freddy Krueger in an upcoming episode of The Goldbergs. I believe that episode's name is... What? Mr. Knifey Hands. I I could be wrong about the episode name. Uh, Don't hold me to it, but um, Robert England initially turned down the offer to appear on the show, but the creator of the show sent this apparently really great fan letter, and Robert England changed his mind. He is in full uh, Freddy Krueger makeup in in this appearance and he's actually suggested that he would be interested in doing one more Nightmare on Elm Street film with the stipulation that it wrapped up the franchise that he was a part of so that later if they wanted to make another one they could start fresh but he feels that he's now capable with advancements in makeup I guess since he's not having to sit quite as long for the makeup which is awesome i can't wait yes i really hope something comes of this right now he's just hinting at it but um, which is fine we that's all we care about we want to see you again absolutely we want to see you perform and reprise your role as the burned man as i like to call you the the burned hand slasher i would i'd really love to get another um Freddy versus Jason, but with the legal battle surrounding Friday the 13th right now, Ugh. I don't think it's going to happen. And if it no. does happen in the future, Robert England is probably not going to be a part of it. It really depends. Um, Horror Inc., um, this is with the Friday the 13th. Uh, they own, they have the <coughs> rights. Victor 
Miller was allowed to reclaim the right. So there's this legal battle going on. He actually won, but Horror Inc. is appealing the decision, and that could, unless the Miller and Cunningham come to an agreement, it it's going to be two or three more years before this court case is settled and we get another Friday the 13th. Um, Horror Inc. actually filed that appeal last week. They had until uh, they had until Halloween this year, actually, and they went ahead and did it. But uh, that's that's it for the. But <laughs> well, you had to excuse that. That was um, that was our two dogs uh, trying to get into it over here. Um, Mary Jane was not having it. We might have to edit that out. <laughs> um, but. Um, Anything else to add, man? Um, I'm not gonna do. We're we're not gonna do a review this this episode. Um, there's a couple of things we're trying out. I recently got a new uh, board game. I want I want Ryan to get a chance to experience that board game before we do a review for that. But it looks really really good though, guys. It's called Mixtape Massacre. Absolutely. And um, Rodney's already experienced it. I can't wait to experience it. It's it looks absolutely fantastic. Um, Everything I've read about it, everything I've looked at, it just—it's amazing, and I, I can't wait to give it a shot. Um, but if that's—that's um, that's all you've got, Rodney. That's, that's all I've got. That's it. So, thank you guys for listening, and as always, we'll see you in the darkness.